Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry on the Mighty 1290. I'm Rachel. I'm Bo. And I'm Allie Cat. Well, who is an Emmy award-winning singer and actress, a mom to five kids, a writer, a producer, a TV and Broadway star? Well, Lucy Arnaz, of course. She's a performer. She's a mother. She's a writer. She's like no other. I love to sing is what she says. She's a producer. She's an actor. A cabaret show. Just hear the laughter. She is Lucy Arnaz. Well, welcome, welcome, Lucy. To to do that. That's the one thing that you guys can do that nobody else would do yeah. as an intro to somebody. It's a signature. Yours. Yours. It's a signature. It's fabulous. We have such a good time writing the yeah. lyrics to fit the person. So You did great. I'm, I'm impressed. Thank you so much. Well, you have had an amazing career on stage and TV and screen, and we're really excited about the show tonight. So tell us, what can people expect from the show tonight? Oh, my. Well, uh, it's a small cabaret-type show, piano, bass, and drums, but I have three of the finest musicians I know, and I've been working with my musical director, Ron Abel, for 22 years, and I just adore his arrangements. You guys know. Yes. You get a great arrangement of something. It's everything. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's a very eclectic show. I mean, I do... Uh, I, I tend to go towards standards, but it, with new feels, you know? Uh-huh. And then there's a lot of Latin music in it from my new CD, my Latin Roots CD. Right. And, and I talk to the audience about my life a little bit, and there's a lot of humor in it. I do some of the stuff from Broadway. Do you have a favorite song or two that you always like to include in your shows? Well, there's one that I make a joke. I said, you know, this we've been doing this song for a really long time, and I keep trying to take it out of the show, but it just won't go. There's <laughs> one of those. Yeah. There's, we there's, all have one of those. <laughs> well, yeah, there's several of them, really. There's one called Just a Housewife, mm. which uh, is a Craig Carnelia song, and it's it's about being what it takes to be a mom. Yes. And it's funny because you were just saying that you guys kind of changed your life because you had kids and right, stuff, and right. I, I did too. Yeah, it was from a Broadway show called Working, and um, I, I sing that, and every time I sing it, I find something different in it, and it's it's pretty in one spot, very monotonous almost in its in its melody, but it tells the story of what it takes to raise a kid and to 24-7, the job nobody gets paid for, nobody gets trained for, nobody right, really yeah. gets respect for. Yeah. But it's one of the most important jobs anybody can do in, in on the planet. Wow. It's a priceless job. I mean, you couldn't yeah. put a monetary value that's on right. it. That's right. And that's why it's interesting because here we are doing it for the you know Child Saving Institute sure. tonight. And there's a lot of kids that didn't ever have somebody do that job for them. That's or true. mothers who don't have any idea how to do that job. Mm-hmm. And they're teaching them how. So I think that's going to be my favorite song tonight. Yes, oh, it'll, have such a, it'll be very emotional we're, tonight, too. We're yeah, all going to be there. So. Oh, good. Looking forward oh, to good, 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 good. That. And then there's, um, there's, one, there's one great medley of two songs. It's a, a Cole Porter and a Johnny Mercer song, Something's Got to Give and It's All Right With Me. Uh-huh. That uh, Billy Stritch did a, a, an arrangement for us okay. for that I love, just love, and I love the way our guys play it. And um, I don't know, I have different favorites, you know, as I grow up and I change and my mind changes. Probably different stages of life too. Yeah. Bring out different yeah. things and songs. Now, what about costume changes? Do you change? No, clothes? I won't be. I won't be changing tonight. Okay, I just, it's more I, intimate and kind of. Yeah, a, like it's a, yeah. it's a. They put up a very. I just saw it over at the ballroom. It's a very big stage, but you know, it's just you know, you've worked those rooms. Yeah. It's just a stage. There's no wings or anything. So, I have a two-hour show a Latin Roots two-hour show with a big band, 12, 13 pieces, and that has lots of video, and it has three costume changes, and it's two acts and an intermission, Mm -hmm. and that's a whole theater piece. But this is a good show when you have an event like this, and they say, we want an hour's worth of music. I don't like to stop and go, it's only me. Who's going to do anything when I'm changing? (laughs) You guys would have to get up and sing, you know? (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about the Latin Roots CD. 
Oh, it's um, well, it's a bunch of stuff that I've been singing in my show for a long, long time because I really feel that my dad is the reason that I have this musical side of me. Right. And um, when he passed away, he still had all of the arrangements of the Desi Arnaz Orchestra, which wow. I eventually gave to the Library of Congress. They, that's where they reside now. And a few years ago, I put together um, a celebration of all of those charts, those Desi Arnaz Orchestra charts okay. in what New York. What an undertaking. Oh, my God, with 16-piece band, just oh, like wow. he used to have with the strings, the whole thing, oh. harps. And um, my conductor and I, Ron, had been talking for years about doing Latin music and recording the stuff we've been doing. So I simultaneously produced this show of my father's music at the same time I was producing this album, and they came out at the same time. Mm, and it's wow. it's a lot of American music with a Latin bent, and it's a lot of the stuff that my father used to do. And it's songs like Johnny Angel with a Brazilian beat. I mean, it's very uh, Yes, I've been different. listening to it. I downloaded oh, it on iTunes. Yeah. And my favorite song is the one you wrote with your son. Oh, God, I, he'll be so happy yeah. to hear that. The, the music in your heart. The music in your heart. Can you talk a, a little bit about that song. process? Uh, oh, he with, wrote, writing with him. Yeah, it was, well, I think Joe Luckenbill is my son's name, and he has a, a new CD out called Lugenbühl, you know, like the Swiss spell it. Uh-huh. Wonderful songwriter and singer, and he produces it all himself, records it, and gets it out there like you can do these days, yes, right, which is absolutely. so amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, just trying to be discovered. But I like his tunes and I like his lyrics. So I asked him when we were getting ready to do the CD, I said, Joe, I would love to put one of your songs on my CD. Send me something that feels like it wants to be Latin. Uh-huh. And he sent, me a, he sent me a track. But I said, where's the lyric? He said, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hear a lyric on it. I said, really? You write such great lyrics. Long story short, I said, what were you thinking about when you wrote it? And he said, well, I was thinking about Grandpa Desi. Mm. And I wonder if he even knows I'm a guitarist and a songwriter and what he would think about me being in the business today. And I wish I could ask him because he was the only guy who was in this business, wow. you know, and, and where is he now and where do we go when we die and what's going to happen to you? And I went, wow, that's a, lot of, <laughs> that's a big subject. <laughs> okay. It's a profound piece of music. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, let me take a crack at that. And that's what the, the so the lyrics come from that. Like, who is the inspiration? Are we always there? What you know? And it's sort of my father talking to him, and then it's me talking to him too. And it is. It's one of, I get goosebumps just talking about yeah. the song, much less hearing it's it. It's so beautiful. We're going to play it at the end oh, of our show today. he'll be so excited. <laughs> Plus, he'll get like 12 cents or something, won't he? <laughs> when you play it on the radio. It all, it all oh, Every little bit helps. Yay! Right? Joe so, Luck and Bill. So what makes you say yes to a project? You have so many projects going. So what? what's your criteria? Oh, gosh. How long it's going to take me away from my husband and my family, usually, uh-huh. uh, these days. But now my kids are grown, and they're, you know, struggling out there on their own. So now it's really just about how much time does it take, and am I passionate about it? Right. I, I've sort of ventured off into producing and writing more than just acting, mm-hmm. although I love my – I just love doing this show. I love singing. I love the, the whole cabaret and nightclub field. I love it. Would you say singing on stage is your favorite part of what you do? Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. I really, I went into nightclubs because when it slowed down with the Broadway shows and touring and I thought, well, really all I care about is being on a stage with a live audience and a live band. And Uh there's other ways to do that. I can put a nightclub act together in the meantime. And when I did, it took off and I was getting bookings. And so I don't notice if I'm not doing a Broadway show so much. Mm -hmm. They come every once in a while, Witches of Eastwick or Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, you know, I'm asked to go back and do something, and I'm thrilled when I get a chance to do it. Do you have a favorite role that you've played? Oh, God. Um, Well, I love tap dancing with Tommy Toon in my one and only. Oh, wow. Because that was such an accomplishment. I was so proud of myself. And years ago, I did a a show called Seesaw, which was a musical version of Two for the Seesaw. Great, great part, Gittle Mosca. And, of course, they're playing our song on Broadway mm-hmm. because it's Neil Simon and Marvin Hamlish and brilliantly written. And it's a two-character show, basically just me and the guy, Robert Klein. 
Mm-hmm. That was pretty fabulous. Of everything you've done, do you have like a favorite on stage moment? One moment that just shines above all the rest is something that was just something. Well, that's hard. That's really hard. So I'm just going to go with the first one that popped into my head, which was opening the Academy Awards show in 1981. Oh, wow. We did. I, they asked me <laughs> to do What did you wear? A, I wore this fabulous purple pantsuit they made for me because it was a tap number, a huge <gasps> tap number to Hooray for Hollywood. But it started off really wow. slow and ballady with these great films of the fabulous movie stars and then it built and then all the these dancers the it's one of the i mean i keep watching everyone i need a lift i put that thing on i go you did that <laughs> and you know it's the academy awards it was the opening of the academy awards 1981 i had just done the jazz singer with neil right. diamond and so they asked me plus i had also just had my first child oh, oh wow. and simon was, he was only it. two months old oh. and in the back in you know with my mother in beverly hills and i'm down at the music center expressing my milk, you know, in between, like, hello. So I can remember tap dancing and going, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. uh-oh. And it's an opening number on national TV. Yes. As, as mothers and women, That's when, that's when the costume is really important. Absolutely. Uh, nobody knows. So right. do you get nervous when you do things like that? I do. And how do you handle it? I like it now. Okay. I actually look forward to it because somebody once said to me, I don't even remember who, long time ago said, don't confuse nervousness with excitement. That is so true. I love that. So did you have to learn how to channel the nervousness yes. into excitement? Yeah. And, and I just, how did that well, process Well, this might sound corny, but I sit backstage and I hold up my hands toward wherever the audience is. I close my eyes and I sort of breathe the word God. I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. And I just, God, and I just do it. And it's a good warm up. Uh-huh. It's a good vocal warm up. It's a good vowel but sound. I, but I, it is. And gah, like that. And I send energy to the audience. And my thought is, while I'm saying that, let me just affect one person tonight out wow. there who really needs their life changed and they need a lift. They need something to click differently so they won't go home and beat their kid or commit right. suicide or drink or, you know, yeah, something I, needs to change tonight in someone's life. Please let me say something or sing something that does that. And then it takes it away from me. Right. It's about the other person. So beautiful. I love that. You Works. know, I have heard nervousness equated with selfishness, hmm. which oh, is an interesting, interesting concept. Mm-hmm. So well, if you take because it off, because you're, you're me focused yeah, when yeah. you're nervous. That's and right. what you're saying is right. when you focus on the other people, it yeah. takes it out of yourself right. and then... I was watching, yesterday I was watching the last episode of Who's Going to Be the Next Network Food Star, whatever it is, and they were doing their uh, pilots. And what it came down to, they were both of these chefs-to-bees were totally screwing up the pilot because they were so nervous and they were just, was coming out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. So both times, Guy Fieri says to them, what's this about? Who are you thinking about when you're cooking? Why do you even cook? Why do you care about any of this? Mm -hmm. And they both went back to, well, because my mother did this. And they went to the real story as opposed to how do I look on film? How am I doing with this? Right. They didn't forget a word. Their humor came back. They were cooked better. It was like, it's not about you. Right. Mm-hmm. Where is, what's this really all about? You know, mm-hmm. Alfie. Yeah. That's very mm-hmm. true. We're, we're chatting with Lucy Arnez here on the Mulberry Lane Show on the Mighty 1290. And because Mother's Day is tomorrow, when we come back, we'd like to talk with Lucy about Lucy the mom and your kids. Oh, if good. that's all right with you. That would be great. <laughs> awesome. Right. I'm we'll proud. stay with us here. Now, back to the Mulberry Lane Show on the Mighty 1290. Brought to you by Elisa Ilana. Once again, here's Mulberry Lane. 
Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry on Mighty 1290. I'm Bo. I'm Rachel. And I'm Allie Cat. And we're chatting with the multi-dimensional, multi-talented woman, Lucy Arnaz, who is bringing her cabaret show to the Ramada Plaza Convention Center in Omaha tonight as a fundraiser for the Child Saving Institute. You know, it is so great that you are doing this for CSI, and you have done a lot for kids, including being a foster parent. But first, we want to talk about your kids, and you have three of your own and two yes, step kits. That's right. I say I birthed three and I cooked and cleaned for five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love great that. kids. And how did you raise them to follow their creative paths? Because they're all in creative fields. They right? are. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think we thought about that. My husband's an actor, though, and a writer, and he's not really a sports guy. Yeah. You know, he's not a jock. And I'm an actor and a singer and a dancer. And so our kids all kind of gravitated towards artistic endeavors. You know, my, my oldest stepson, Nick Luckenbill, does rap tracks. He works oh, with cool. s- singers and he mm-hmm. does, sends out tracks for people and is a manager to several singers. And he's, he's like, he's 43 years old and he still looks 12. I mean, he's got the <laughs> pants that hang down here Hello and the thing, great like, t- tattoos everywhere. He's, and he's fabulous. Yes. He's a wonderful kid. And, and my other stepson, Benjamin Luckenville, is a graphic designer and a writer. And so he works on a lot of computer stuff. He's working with computers. And my, my oldest son, Simon, who I mentioned when I was doing the other show, is um, a fantastic painter. He, in the, he's 31 years old. And he didn't find out he could really paint until like two years ago. Wow. And he's a wonderful painter. So now he's a struggling, starving painter. You know, none of them are like plumbers or lawyers or doctors where they could actually get some serious money for what they do. But there's that creative. I know. And Joe's got this great writing and guitar. He plays guitar, ukulele. He can play all kinds of instruments. And he graduated with a commercial music degree so he could do what you're doing, you know, <laughs> behind the box there. And Katie is, was an actress, Was you know, graduated from University of Miami as an actor in the theater department. And did that for a while, put her own nightclub act together last year at Don't Tell Mama's, got great reviews, and then decided she couldn't stand the business. It was too rough, and you don't get paid enough, too much rejection. She said, I need health insurance. I need a weekly paycheck. I need to pay my rent. So now she works at an ad agency. Okay. Now do you get together at the holidays? Do you all get together? Absolutely. What are some of your family traditions that you have? One of our family traditions. Well, you know, the usual Christmas tree and, and the night before we have our dinner and we put everybody gets to open one present on Christmas Eve and we have a we have a tradition where we put a, a star, this silly ass sort of pillow looking star with a with a shaggy witch that hangs on the top of it. <laughs> Somebody gave us as an ornament, I guess when the kids were one year old, yeah. I don't know, and we've schlepped it every year. And it was one year the big fabulous thing that sits on the top of the tree crashed and broke into a million pieces. So you had to come up we with a substitute. We had to come up with something. So we put this <laughs> stupid star angel up on this pillow thing at the top. And now it's a tradition every year that we start with one kid. And if it's Nick one year, then the next year it's Ben. The next year it's Simon and oh, Joe, like Kate. That. Except that every year we can't, we forget which direction <laughs> we were going. And Simon's always saying, it's never me. How come I never put the star on the truck? But it's like a big deal. Christmas Eve, it's the whole tree is decorated. Has- but then Christmas Eve, somebody has to put it up and we film it. Oh. And then everybody I love that because something that maybe is not as pretty as the other things has the sentimental value. It's more valuable. And I finally figured out that when I take down the Christmas ornaments, I still remember who put the star up because I'm not that gone yet. right? (laughs) So then I put the star in the next younger kid's stocking. So that when I take the stocking out the Do following year, know. I know oh, who's putting the star that's on the tree. Problem. There you problem. <laughs> that's the Alzheimer's way of remembering how to decorate your tree. Now, being that tomorrow is Mother's Day, do you have a favorite mom moment that you can think of? Oh, geez. 
Oh, that's a toughie. Yeah. That's a really, that's a toughie, a favorite mom moment. I don't know. I don't know. Probably the first one, you know, when the first kid popped out. That was my first mom moment. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And uh, that was pretty exciting. There, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great adventure raising children, and it's been fantastic and difficult, and they're all unique and wonderful human beings with their own challenges and their own talents. And, and you can only influence them so much. <laughs> You can only influence it so much, and it's not always about what you do. But, you know, we grew up in an era, my brother and I, where there was no super nanny on television to watch. Mm -hmm. We didn't have Dr. Phil or Oprah or any of those shows, the self-help things we have now. Or online resources. Or any online resources, exactly. And you just do the best you can with what you know. And then later on you go, God, if I only knew. So I'm still trying to have my favorite mom moment. I'm still trying to make my favorite mom moment happen. Now, for the moms that are listening and also have a career and a passion, how did you learn how to balance both being a mom and following your passion? Well, I wrote a speech once that I used to travel around the country with called Surviving Success, which basically dealt with that exactly. But then the older I got, I realized that even the advice that I had been given once that I was living by, you know, like this is the all and only truth became not so much the truth either You because you learn more. But basically it's that you have to focus on the kids individually. You can still have your other job, whatever it is, but it can't be at the mercy of paying attention to them mm-hmm. individually. Like if you only have one kid, it's easier. If you have two or three or four or five, God forbid, they each – need a chunk of your time every day. This guy said, you know, 15 minutes alone with each kid every day. 15 minutes alone. with. It sounds like nothing. It sounds like who couldn't do that? Try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alone. Alone with, with each other, kid the other children every around. day. Hard, yeah. really hard. But he said, listen, if you can do that, no matter what you're doing with the rest of your life, it, it gives them that, you know, it makes them feel worthy of love is what he said to me. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's that little pay attention to me thing that creates their self-esteem and that later on, they can get through anything because they felt like they deserved it. And I thought that made perfect sense to me. I don't know if it's 15 it's a, minutes every day. Right, right. Right. But know. it's a simple thing that you can do. You can do that. Uh-huh. Right, right. And, and, it, and I think, watch, no kidding, aside, watching stuff like Super Nanny really changed my life because I thought, you know, we, we grow up with either parents that are too lenient or too strict. And we always say, well, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to be different. So mm-hmm. you can be different, completely different than your own upbringing, but sometimes you don't know how to be different and still have boundaries and still and not right. be too angry or too right. free or something. And I always needed somebody to tell me, how do I do that? How do you have consequences and not be the mean, mean, the right. mean mom? Yeah. You don't want to be yes. the mean mom. I want to be liked. Well, you can't always be liked. You have to be like a, you know, like a boot camp sergeant that the, that the guy really loves later on because you saved my life. You, uh-huh. you saved me from getting killed out there, man. You know, you might have, but you don't want to be cruel and you have and to you don't want to be that all the time. And you can't be that all the time. It's really, really hard. And I swear nobody teaches us how to do this. No. We know we're learning economics and stuff in school and home ec and things, but where's the baby parenting classes? Now they, I think they have them in mm-hmm. some schools, but it was hard, you know. Well, Lucy Arnaz is our guest, and An Evening with Lucy Arnaz is the place to be tonight. It's the CSI Cabaret 2012 fundraiser at the Ramada Plaza Convention Center. Now, CSI has done some great things with kids, and you have fostered a few 
Foster I, kids. I did. I did. And how did that come about? Well, crazy. I was. We we used to spend our summers in a place called Katona, New York, um, out of the city, and we'd go up there on. And I was at church when I used to go to Catholic church. I'm a recovering Catholic now, but I'd, for a while I was in church. And they said that we're very close to the Bedford Hills Correctional Facility, is a prison, a women's prison up there in Bedford Hills, New right. York. It's mm-hmm. where Jean Harris was for a long time, oh. and she started this whole children's program there. And um, they needed host families to take a kid from the prisoners for the whole summer so that they could visit their mom every few days. You could take it for the whole summer. You could take it for two weeks at a time. They had this visiting time, and you had to take the kids. And and they said you got to drive. You know, They live at your house, but you drive them in the morning to the prison, and they stay with their mom all day, and then they come back to you at night for dinner and to mm. sleep, and then but you sort of shuttle them back and forth. And, and I thought, you know what? We should do that. So I, wow. we raised our hand, and we, we did it twice, and we took um, – two completely different kids. One was seven, one was 15. But I remember having to be interviewed by the prisoners, by the mother who was a, a murderer. Wow. And interviewing me to see if I was fit to, to foster <laughs> her. And it was a great interview. She was, because, you know, whatever happened, usually the women there who are murderers were murdering abusive husbands right. and things Probably like they that. They're, they're, they're very, there aren't any women serial killers. Have you noticed? <laughs> Have you noticed? She's speaking to the two what? men in the room right now. Why is that? I'm not sure. But there aren't. And um, and so, but I was being interviewed by her and, you know, like, well, what are your hours like? And are there other kids? Are there animals? Well, you know, when you go to bed, is who watches the kids? Or how long have you been driving? I, mean, I tell you, when you're a mama, you're a mama. Oh, yeah. 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 You're going to make and sure I your stayed kids are taken friendly care. with. I've stayed friendly with these kids for years after that and watched one of the mothers really never made it. She was released three times, kept mm-hmm. going back. The other one made a life for herself. And, um, and it was hard because the kids are in much denial and you know they come home and they're smiling all the time and then they cry themselves to sleep and oh, it was rough that had to be really I wish rough. I wish I had the time to be a foster parent now mm-hmm. but I don't think I would be a, a good one I wouldn't don't have enough time to be home with them mm-hmm. you know so what is a day in the life of Lucierna's like depends on the day yeah it depends on the day. I mean, I there have, is no typical day. No, because sometimes I'm I'm working on a cabaret singer schedule, and sometimes I'm writing and editing a talk. Sometimes I'm home just trying to pare down all the stuff I've collected through the years and digitize. <laughs> is what I'm working on now, and um, you know, or being a mom and dealing with what Kate needs. I'm a Tony voter, so I'm sometimes I'm having to run back and forth to Broadway to do that. Um, God, it's just you it like changes. the variety. I do. I, mm-hmm. They say diversify the portfolio. I may have diversified mine a tad too much because <laughs> people don't know what the hell I do. But Are there any goals you have yet to accomplish or anything on I your bucket list? I hope so. Let's see. I don't really have a bucket list per se. Do I? Well, yes, I do. I'm really trying to find time, more time to write. That's what I – and I'm getting close. Music or um, um, books I, kind of thing? M- writing, no, just regular books and books. you know write about my life and what i think about life and i've collected so much wonderful mm-hmm. stuff through the years and now it's just boxes and boxes of stuff and, I'm, and when you get to a certain age you go all right and i'm collecting this why because <laughs> it's going to go to some you know where's it going to go where's it going to go to college do my kids want it probably not you know so i'm either going to throw it out which is fine shred it mm-hmm. or incorporate it in some sort of something art, art form but yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't know. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to pare down the stuff and make something out of it. And um, that's my goal. And if I reach that, I will die so happy. <laughs> I don't expect to reach it, but I, I'm trying. Well, Lucy Arnaz, we want to thank you so much for joining us here today on the Mulberry Lane Show. And we are so looking forward to tonight and Thanks, seeing you, you perform. It's We're delightful. You very much looking right. forward to the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's wonderful. Pleasure Enjoy. meeting you. Mine. Thank You're you. listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Elana Jewelry. 
on the Mighty 1290. If you're a mom who wishes you had more time and less stress. That's me. <laughs> you'll want to join us for our coffee chat with author Judy Christie. That's coming up next. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Woo!